Brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of Be More, Achieve More and CC1 Consulting. I'm delighted to be back with you for yet another week. Uh, today we're going to talk about the art of customer experience um, over a coffee uh, with Joseph O'Hara of Ristretto. Um, but before we get to that, I'd just like to uh, say a big thank you to my guest last week, Simon Hartley. Uh, Simon's going to join the show and be a co-host and, and host a show once a month. Uh, the first one will be the end of February and I am his uh, first victim, which will be, uh, which will be interesting. And... Uh, what I wanted to say about Simon was that you know he shared his thoughts last week on becoming world-class. Simon's a, a top sports psychologist. He's worked with all sorts of sporting personalities and teams. And I think the one thought that I took away from that, that I really loved, was the idea of being more interested in the next step than the end journey. So if he's working with a tennis pro, it's focusing on just hitting the ball and how you hit the ball. And I think if we can focus on taking each step to the very best of our ability, then I'm sure we can have greater faith that we will reach the end destination. So focus on the now and make sure you do it well, I think is the message there. Over the last few weeks, I've been visiting a lot of visitor attractions in the United Kingdom, Ireland and Holland to experience um, various customer experiences. And this is for a major client project. And some of these experiences I've wanted to tell people about and they're really helping me to formulate some views about creating a great customer experience for my client. At a visit to the Heineken Brewery in Amsterdam this week, um, it was, I had a great um, visitor experience, but also something unexpected that happened at the end. They gave me a ticket and said, you've got a free canal boat ride if you'd like it. And quite le- cleverly, the canal boat ride, uh, we thought the tour was over, but we got on the canal boat. We were in it for about 25 minutes. We got a nice tour. And it ended at the Heineken shop in the middle of Amsterdam. Very smart. But we were also given a little token. So if we went in the shop, we could redeem it for a free beer glass. Now, that experience exceeded our expectations, and I'm now telling you about it. So do your customers tell their friends about their tremendous experience of your service? In an era when experiences can be shared at the click of a button to huge audiences, customer experience can quite literally lead to rapid growth or even brand desertion. So how do you give people an experience that they and their connections want to turn to again and again? Now, I was recently discussing customer experience with uh, my guest today, Joe O'Hara, the managing director of Ristretto Alchemy Coffee and Alchemy Cafes, over a drink in his coffee shop. And I realized that the core of the success of his business was customer experience. 
Joe has literally changed his career direction to pursue his passion for coffee and has been creating a really, truly ex um, exceptional experience for his customers since 2003. And have I told people about his coffee shop? You bet. What is more, um, Joe will, I think, hopefully maybe share some exciting news about um, his, his coffee shops this, um, on this show. But after completing his Bachelor of Engineering degree, he spent a number of years working as an engineer in the oil and gas sector in both training, design, construction roles around the world, including Australia, the UK, Norway, and the US. He left engineering to enter IT with Oracle and attempted career change, but really always wanted to run his own business. But what business? Joe set up Daily Grind Training Company in 2003, which became Mistretto in 2008. And this company provides high-end coffee services to the corporate sector for events and exhibitions. Yeah, he's passionate about coffee. Um, he purchasing roasted coffee from others led to buying their own roasting equipment and then a direct trade purchasing model and opening their first coffee shop in central London. Whereas Joe says, we do things a little differently. They now have three aligned and vertically integrated businesses, all striving to provide the customer with an ex exceptional coffee experience. Uh, Joe is fairly hot off the plane from a trip to Guatemala. So, uh, Joe, uh, a big welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here. Pleasure to have you. And, and how was the trip to Guatemala? Do you want to explain what it was and, and why you went there, maybe? Yeah, certainly. Um, the trip to Guatemala satisfied two things for me. It was... Part of the uh, direct trade sourcing models, so we were going out to visit uh, farmers and producers that we already had buying relationships with, um, but also it provided an opportunity for some training for my coffee roaster and my retail manager. Um, we'd been buying uh, coffee directly from Guatemala for three years. Our model of direct trade is that you cannot call it direct trade unless you've gone out there and physically shaken hands with the person that you're buying from. If it's done by email or if it's done by the telephone, it's not direct trade. Uh, um, that works in our cafe by giving our, our customers one degree of separation from the farm. So if you come into my coffee shop, you meet Paul, my retail manager, Paul, has directly been out there on the farm of the coffee that you're drinking. And we think that, that that's a benefit. I can't think of, you know, probably many companies who, you know, the, in your example is, is coffee and you've, uh, you have this coffee, coffee business, um, but you also have this coffee shop, which I know is a, is a growing part of your business. But the opportunity for your baristas to actually go out to source um, must really increase the ability for them to very passionately talk about coffee and what they're creating very much so um most baristas never really even get to see coffee being roasted they're only at the final service point where that is being turned into a beverage and given to a customer so we like to get them as intimate with the coffee as we can uh, we put them through roasting training so each of my full-time baristas goes through a three-day roasting training course where they get to see the whole process of turning it from a raw ingredient into a product that can be served into a drink. And then, as I say, we like to take people out to origin as and when we can in order to give them the full experience. So, so far in the last three years, we've taken four different staff members out to, to origin. Um, 
in order to see the whole process so that they can see everything from the coffee growing on the tree to the coffee being picked, processed, dried on a patio and prepared and put into jute sacks ready to come over here. Fantastic. Yeah, and that's one of the things I noticed when I, we, we were in your in your coffee shop was you know, the enthusiasm from the baristas behind the bar. Um, you know, they were very articulate and, and passionate about what they do. And so often you go and get a coffee, or in my case, tea, because I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I'm not a coffee drinker. Um, and people aren't passionate. They're just purely serving a drink. That's because most of the baristas that you will meet are minimum wage doing it um, as a part-time job for corporations that don't really care about the product. Yeah. Uh, um, we do, and our, I think our baristas were described in one review as buoyantly enthusiastic. So, sounds good. Uh, so so tell, tell us a bit about yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm always interested on this show to interview people who are passionate about what they do. That's part of the essence, and then turn it into a business. I mean, what led you to developing a business that was about coffee? I'd always been interested in coffee from the customer perspective. I, I'd enjoyed the atmosphere of coffee houses. I'd enjoyed the taste of coffee. I'd enjoyed the fact that there were a variety of different coffees that you could try that had different tastes. Um, but I had always been nervous about stepping into it myself. I'd always wanted to run my own business. I had no idea what business I wanted to run. Um, I was always nervous about opening a coffee shop because I thought, what if people don't come? Um, so I went into engineering uh, because that's what I had the, the subjects at school that qualified me to do. Mm. Um, and it was only, only when I sort of fell out of love with that that I returned back to to coffee and returned back to running my own business. Mm. And I've never been happier since. Excellent. And could you want to just tell us, you know, just explain what your business entails? We've talked about this coffee shop, which I know is just a, a small part of your, your business, but a, a, an expanding part. Um, do you want to just explain what you do? Okay. Um, we first started off with an event company uh, called the Daily Grind Trading Company, which became Ristretto. Uh, Ristretto is a type of uh, coffee. It's a, quite a small, strong, concentrated espresso, but it also means to restrict. It's a restricted service. It's not something that you will see everywhere. Um, it's a service designed predominantly for corporate customers, and it could be, for example, at a trade show. If you, we, We've got one coming up shortly in Barcelona called Mobile World Congress. It's world's biggest mobile phone and technology trade show. There are 80,000 delegates, and I'm pretty sure that most of the coffee in the hall is going to be diabolical, okay. apart from on a very few stands that have their own coffee service provided by ourselves where there's going to be exceptional coffee. And it should hopefully be a draw to attract people to that exhibition stand. So we see ourselves for that client as part of their marketing department rather than part of a catering department. Yeah, brilliant. I think one of the things I, I noticed when you we've only got just got about a minute and a half till we go to commercial break is is actually is there something visual about what you provide and how you serve coffee? Because I noticed what you sort of weighing scales and measuring 
measuring coffee and to, just to get the right proportions, the right uh, ingredients together. Uh, that was you know, something I'd never really seen before. Uh, it's something that's becoming more common in the higher-end coffee service. It's about getting the proportions of the drink correct so that you get the best flavor and the best flavor representation over to the client. But also, it adds to your consistency. It means that you, once you have worked out how to make this beverage the correct way, the best way, you can stick to it. But it's not a, a recipe or a formula that... Um, you can just repeat tomorrow. You have to start from the very, very beginning each morning with taste, and you have to start again, and you have to create that that recipe because the product changes daily. Mm. That's, that's interesting. So it's not it's not a set formula. It's not <laughs> you, you've got to, you've got to taste it first thing and then adjust accordingly. That's correct. You've got to adjust it all through the day as it absorbs moisture, gives off moisture. Uh, it's not something that you can just say. Here's the formula, robot, go off and reproduce. It's a mixture of skill and talent and, you know, a little bit of art and science. Excellent. It seems a good, good point to move into a commercial break now. And after, after the break, we shall start to, you know, start to move into some of the key components of, of customer experience from Joe's perspective. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment, and that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. 
If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, bemoreachievemore.com. I'm delighted to be with uh, Joe O'Hara of Ristretto. And we're talking about the art of customer experience. And just before we get into some of the key components of it, as we identified in our discussion, Joe, um, how important do you think customer experience really is when you're providing services like barista services? And where do you think people generally get customer experience wrong? Customer experience has to be the most important part of the whole thing. Um, without a good customer experience, my business doesn't exist. I think in answer to your question, where do most people get it wrong, um, I think it's forgetting who the customer is. Um, and so from my business, I have, on the event side of things, I have two customers. I have the customer who has hired my company to come in and provide the service, and then I also have the customer who is on the other side of my counter receiving the coffee. So I have to balance both of those people's experience to make sure that they get what they need out of the transaction. Um, because if, if I satisfy one but not the other, it will come around and hurt me in the end, and I will lose both of them. Mm. Mm. And I guess this... You know, over a period of time, a relationship with a customer, it's kind of, I, I was talking earlier about, I've been visiting some uh, visitor attractions, and um, these were some of the ones I've been doing were brewery attractions like Heineken and uh, Guinness in, in Ireland. And you, know, you go through a journey from walking through the door to leaving, a journey of, a, of an experience with something like the work you do, and maybe if people here are consultants or listening or you know, training companies, you know, that experience might occur over a long piece of time, over a number of pieces of work and activity, perhaps even over a number of years. And I guess it's getting all those touch points right. Yes, it is. Um, it comes for us from even before the, uh, the customer comes up to the coffee bar for a coffee, is how we design the coffee bar, it may only be there for three days, but we have to design it as if it's a brand new cafe being opened, and we have to consider the flow of customers, how easy it is for them to see what they need to see in order to make the judgments of what drink they want to order, how they will be queuing, where they will be guided through the process, can they see the menu. Um, for example, we always try and talk to our, our client to put the coffee machine on the front bar rather than the back bar so that I never have to turn my back on my customer. Um, when a customer comes up, I want to establish eye contact with them. I want to greet them and say hello. On a big exhibition, that could be a 1,000 customers a day. I still want to say hello, how are you, to every one of them, but I don't want it to be a throwaway, how are you. I will stop and wait and listen to your response because I'm, I'm trying to incorporate you in the process mm. rather than just be catering from a, a venturing. Mm. So a bit like uh, the example I gave earlier with Simon uh, Hartley about giving the next step in the journey right, uh, that even yes. that, that eye contact is uh, you know, one important step in the journey, isn't it? Very much so. I mean, people generally, when they come up to a trade show, to the coffee bar, are tired, hot, 
not. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They may be in, in another country that they, you know, it, it's not a relaxing environment to be in a giant exhibition hall. And what I want to be is that little oasis of safety in the middle of all of that where you can go, oh, great, I can get a nice coffee over here. I went there yesterday. The baristas were really nice. It's somewhere where I feel relaxed. Mm. When, when, you, when you met me, so when we met, you were telling me about you know, the importance for you of communication. Um, what is your take on communication to get when it comes to customer experience and getting it right? Uh, communication is vital. It should be as clear and concise as possible. Um, if we look at my two customers, my what I call my client, who's the person who paid for the service, and my customer, who's the person who receives the coffee, we try and keep the client um, in, in, a, in a position where they understand exactly what's going on at all times and to know that we are in control and nothing is disorganized. So, for example, the minute my, my barista touches down in Barcelona Airport, I'm expecting them to text the client and say, just arrived, are we still okay for setup tomorrow at 9 o'clock? Immediately, that relieves the client. The client knows that the baristas have arrived in the country. The client knows that the baristas are aware of what time the setup is tomorrow, and it gives them the opportunity to change that time very, very easily and quickly. So that communication is really important to put people at ease. The same way with the customer who comes up to buy to, to get a coffee from me, Sometimes it can be a daunting experience. If you've ever gone into a, a restaurant and you've been presented by the wine list and the wine list has had, you know, tastes like mountain spring water over flinty rocks, that sort of description can be incredibly daunting and you feel that there's an opportunity to make a mistake and be embarrassed. We want to communicate what our coffee is like without putting any of that pressure on the customer. We are not allowed to use any flowery language. We've banned any descriptions that start with a symphony of flavors. Because <laughs> you see that in a lot of um, high-end coffee shops now. They're very, very flowery language, and it can be a bit disturbing for people. What we're trying to do is we try and respond it's a very simple, approachable um, language that everyone feels a part of. So you don't feel intimidated when you come up, even if it's a coffee you've never heard of. We're very, very easy to read flavor notes. So it might say chocolate, peach, strawberry, give you an idea of what notes are in that particular coffee. And the baristas will guide you to your choice in a very, very well-communicated, easy-to-understand language. They won't preach to you, but what they will do is try and ask you some questions to find out what you like. Because at the end of the day, it's not important what coffee I drink, it's important what coffee you drink, and you as the customer, I mean, get the drink that you're looking for. And that's a really, uh, really, really good point. I was reading... Uh, only a couple of days ago, actually, uh, something about Napoleon. And apparently Napoleon, when he was developing his sort of orders um, for his armies, what he did, he had a, what they described as an idiot 
who would um, sit outside his tent, and the words in the communication would be communicated and, and to the idiot. And uh, if that person wasn't able to understand it, then the notes went back into the tent again, and Napoleon would rewrite them until until this uh, <laughs> this person they described as an idiot could understand it. <laughs> so, from working with a company that has a lot of logistics, I can see that that clear, concise language is vitally important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes a, makes a absolutely a lot of sense because it things easily get lost. And I suppose also that you know translation across borders as well. Uh, yes, very much so. So, how do you you talk about logistics there? How do you translate customer experience into logistics, for example? Um, logistics is is a very very big part of the business because we do 300 events a year and we do them from Istanbul to Helsinki. Um, a customer that employs us to do a service is not interested in hearing about our problems. Um, they want a turnkey solution where they talk to us and we fix everything. So we look at the logistics of how we get all of our equipment out there. We have all of our equipment flight cased in um, purpose-built flight cases that are built around the equipment to protect it very, very well. They all have wheels on so that they don't have one person to move it. Um, that's, through, that's been learned through experience that it's a lot easier if something can be moved by one person than requiring a team of people to pick it up and move it. Um, also, we all send two pieces of equipment rather than one. So if you book us to provide one coffee machine, we will send two in case one turns up and it's damaged. We can straight away go to the backup, take it out of the box, and there's there's no loss of service for the client. And that can happen partway through the service. We could find out that one of the machines fails um, half a day into the coffee service. We'd like to be able to go and get one out of the box and put it back up. And all of the guys are trained with a very simple mantra, which is never, ever go to your customer with a problem. Go to your customer with a solution. So it's much better to have someone come to you and say, this particular problem has developed. This is my proposed solution to that problem. Are you happy with me implementing that? Rather than coming up and going, my grinder doesn't work. What shall I do? Yeah. We, we, we used to, when I worked for a, Went for a company at Mars many years ago, and they used to talk that about you know come to me with a problem, uh, with a solution, not a problem. And uh, I remember somebody calling up one of the sales managers and said, "I got a problem," and he just said, "Look, I'm putting the phone down. Come back to me with a solution." So we came back to him with a solution um, about two minutes later, and said, "I've got I've got an opportunity for a new car." <laughs> <laughs> but I think you make really, you make a really good point there. You know, I'm, I'm thinking now about you know i'm trying to translate this into some other people's worlds you know for and we get a lot of consultants and people who listen to this show and it's maybe thinking about you you know your it equipment having a backup when you're doing a presentation making sure you've got multiple copies of things if uh, things don't work out um well you go to the nth degree to make sure your equipment um you've got backup if it fails very much so we maintain our equipment very well we service our equipment very well we check it before it goes out to an event. We check it when it comes back. Um, I, I worked in IT for a while as well, and I, I'm a 
big believer in having a backup solution because anyone who's worked with any form of technology knows it will only break when you're in front of a client. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems to do that, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, I guess you can't kind of rely on uh, on it. You know, we, we're using Skype at the moment. So we have the backup of a phone number that we can call you on if there's a problem. Um, without that uh, backup, then we're, um, we, we do have a problem. So Very much makes, so. Backups need to be rehearsed. There's no point having a backup and not knowing how to implement it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, so you go um, quite, you know, got a couple of minutes left now. So you go um, you know, quite a long way into anticipating what could go wrong, don't you? And just making sure that you've got a countermeasure in place for any risk. Very much so. I mean, that's, that's part of the, the, the planning is looking at what can go wrong. So I'm, I'm a great believer in when we're having our planning meetings, which we do each day about the events that are being carried out that day is, okay, and what happens if that goes wrong? And what happens if that goes wrong? And you just keep repeating that. And what do we do if that doesn't work? So you start looking at things like, um, we had an example a couple of years ago, people might remember, of the volcano in Iceland. Yeah. So I remember being in the shower and my wife um, saying to me, oh, have you heard about that volcano? It might close down the airports. So my first thought was check on the system, what events have we got going out, what events have we got coming back in, and book alternatives. So we booked Eurostar train tickets, we booked uh, train stick tickets within the countries that we were travelling in, and we went for a backup so that if the airports did get closed, we had another way of getting there. The client doesn't want to know that your plane's been cancelled. They want to know that it was cancelled, but you did something else. Mm. And I guess in t- you know in terms of that situation you described there, you probably get a you know some goodwill back from the client for having having you know considered that because they probably got other suppliers who hadn't. Well, this is it, and particularly if they turn up on the uh, the stand and they're exasperated and tired from dealing with all of this, and you say, "Would you like a cappuccino?" That make it. <laughs> Um, we're going to go to commercial break again now, but after after the commercial break, um, we're going to start talking about things like peripheral vision. So uh, we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be? Or are you feeling drained and unfocused? 
Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com. I'm with uh, Joe O'Hara of Ristretto. And Joe, you explained to me when we met about the importance of peripheral vision when you're ensuring a great customer experience. Do you want to explain what you meant uh, about that to our audience? Yeah, certainly. Um, Obviously, peripheral vision is the things that you see from the side of your vision when you're looking straight ahead. And that's something that I think all people in a service-oriented job should concentrate on a lot because you may have one customer in front of you that you're focusing your attention on, but you should be able to see what's going on beside you. So if you've got a customer to the side of you scrabbling around looking for some sugar or a spoon while you're taking the next order, you don't want to ignore that or not see that and let that customer flounder. You want to be able to seamlessly solve that person's problem without breaking your focus on the customer that you're dealing with. And it's something that you can practice. You'll you'll see it in restaurants when a waiter's walking along and without um, seeming to look either way, he just quickly bends down, picks up something you've dropped, puts it on your table and walks off. He's looked after you, but he hasn't broken his focus on what he's doing. Mm. I sort of noticed that with your your baristas in your uh, coffee shop, uh, the way they seem to sort of move seamlessly behind the counter without bumping into each other um i thought it was quite interesting like you know they guess they're using that very much so and they're they're using it as well to be able to see anything that might be causing a problem any dirty cups that are building up on a counter any um issues that may be starting to develop that haven't become a problem yet but will do if they don't get attention but again while not diverting their attention from what they're doing Mm. I, I've um, I've heard that your your, your coffee shop um, hasn't gone unnoticed by one of the, the more sort of leading um, companies in the in the marketplace at the moment. One of the more progressive companies in the marketplace. Is there some uh, some truth in the rumour about you opening up a new shop? There is. There is indeed. We've been um, very lucky. We were approached by what I will call you know, a leading social network. Um, <laughs> which I think will tell people who it is. Um, Yeah, we were approached to tender for the cafe in the new uh, headquarters, the London headquarters of Facebook. Um, We were very, very proud to be approached because our cafe had only been open for uh, seven months when we were approached. We were one of four companies that were asked to uh, tender. The tender was predominantly 
food and beverage manager coming to our cafe, looking to see what we did. And then we had to provide a document that explained why we were different from other people and why we would be a good um, match with Facebook. And we think we are because our entire service process is a conversation and that's exactly what Facebook is. It's an opportunity for you to have a conversation with other people, to have a conversation with your friends. And that's what we want our service to be. The time of the surly barista behind the counter mocking you for the drink that you've chosen, that time is over. Um, it wasn't a good time to begin with. So what we try and do is have a conversation with you and we'll have the conversation to whatever depth of information you want um, to make sure that you get what you need. Excellent. Well, congratulations on that. That's great news. Um, I, I uh, At the beginning of the the interview, I mentioned this Heineken experience that I'd had with uh, going on the canal boat. I wonder how do you go about providing extra value for your customers when you're making, for example, and serving coffee? Um. We do a number of things. Um, for example, with our corporate customers, um, when they hire us to do a coffee event, we will look at the timings of the event. We will roast the coffee specifically, um, say, 10 to 14 days before the event, solely for their event. We don't stock coffee on the shelves that we go and pick from. We roast specifically for you so that the coffee is at its freshest when it's opened on the first day of your event so that we give the best possible experience. We don't buy coffee in other countries. We roast it all here. We ship it all to your event and make sure it's at its prime when it's used. Great, great. So uh, how do you – so that, that sounds all sounds great, but, I mean, are there ways that you – able to really kind of positively surprise your customers with something they weren't expecting? Um, we, we can surprise our customers with uh, the quality of service that we provide. So, for example, we employ a number of baristas who are national latte art um, champions. So, for example, we were doing an event for Mozilla the other day and we were able to free pour the Running Fox logo into the top of a cup of coffee, which is something that no one had ever seen before. And it was not done by a stencil. It was not done by a machine. It was done by an incredibly skilled human trying to do the best job they possibly could for their client. They thought, well, this would be really impressive if I can master this. And they practiced it in their free time and got it right so that on the day they were able to go three seconds, quick pour of milk, and bang, there's a perfectly executed Mozilla logo. Wow. Well, that's a bit like practicing to, uh, to juggle <laughs> an event. <laughs> this is it. it it's um, quite a skilled um, technique, and it takes a lot of practice and a lot of dedication to get it. And again, it's as my wife keeps reminding me, it's just a cup of coffee, but it's a nice cup of coffee. Yeah, and, and something that there's maybe a, a, a sort of expectation about how coffee is served, but it's uh, it's interesting, isn't it, how you can do things differently in a market which uh, to some might seem pretty mature. Yes, there's there's always room at the top of the market for people who try harder. 
there's always an opportunity to be the best and you need that passion and that dedication to, to grab that section of territory for yourself. Mm. Do you have any, um, you hire a lot, lot of people, um, do you have any tips for people listening to the show on hiring great people? Uh, yes, um, we hire on a values-based system. We don't hire on necessarily technical skills. Um, the one thing that you cannot teach anybody is passion. You can't teach someone to want to give good customer service. You can teach them how to, but you can't teach them to want to. So we always look at a values approach when we're employing new baristas they always come into the roastery for a conversation with ourselves. We talk about what we do. We talk about the kind of service we want. And we listen to the responses that they give. We look at their eyes. We look at what things makes their face light up, what makes them um, enjoy what they're doing. And we're looking for people who have that desire because you can teach technical skills. Um, we have a, a lady that's just started work in our cafe and she was hired um, predominantly because of that passion and desire. Yet she picked up the ability to pour latte art, which is quite technical and quite difficult, in three days because she wanted to and she wanted to be as good as she could be. So that for us is always the main thing to look for when you're employing someone is passion and interest. Mm. I I think you're absolutely right. I think you hit, hit the nail on the head there because you just can't you can't easily train that attitude in, can you? But you can you can see if someone's got a sparkle in their eyes for something. Uh, you can see if they're enthusiastic, and if they are, that enthusiasm reflects well on your brand, doesn't it? Very much so, because they are your brand ambassadors. They are your brand when you're not around. So you have to get somebody who wants to bring that brand forward. And I suppose the the, the challenge with what you do is make you've got something there which um, has got some some skill to it, um, but also requires probably quite a bit of sameness in terms of being able to replicate something over and over again. Um, and and some people have those kind of characteristics, but you also need the characteristic of being very customer friendly and approachable. Yes, very much so. Um, in fact, approachable is one of the two words that we focus on. So the, 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 two, the phrase that we use is approachable quality. So the quality has to be there and it has to stand for itself, but if it's not approachable, it has no value. Um, it needs to be something that from a banker to a politician to a plumber to a doctor to a taxi driver feels comfortable and they feel that when they've approached you, They've been treated with dignity, respect, and they've got out of the transaction what they needed to get, and everybody's happy. Mm. I, I suppose you know, I've heard it kind of said. It's quite nice when, when, when dealing with people. You know, often it's about how somebody makes you feel about themselves. Uh, that's important. Yes, very much. So you know, if an interaction with somebody, uh, one of your baristas providing the service, if we come away from that interaction uh, feeling good about ourselves, feeling, you know, respected, um, appreciated, uh, that's, you know, if someone's added a little extra to your day, uh, that makes a difference. You remember that. Very much so. And people don't just go to a coffee shop to have a coffee. They go to have a break. Um, we all live 
busier and busier lives. We're bombarded by information all day long. It's nice to have somewhere where you go and you have a human interaction with somebody, and it may just be over a cup of coffee, but it can really lift your day. Definitely. Well, we're going to go to commercial break again now, and after the break, uh, we shall uh, we'll continue this great conversation. So, we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report every Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. This week, my guest is outspoken former congressman and one of our country's most prominent gay public figures, Mr. Barney Frank. He'll be with us to talk about the Supreme Court's ruling on DOMA and how the Obama presidency is doing in its second term. Don't miss Barney Frank this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper, bemoreachievemore.com, and I'm talking to Joseph O'Hara, Joe O'Hara of Spistretto. And we were talking, in, Joe and I were talking in the break, because what I, I might encourage you to do with this conversation is I find myself drawing boxes on a piece of paper and thinking about my different clients and thinking about the customer experience that I was you know, giving to them and making sure am I giving them a, you know, a great customer service and how am I adding even more experience, even more value to them. And I think that's a very useful exercise. And Joe came up with a very good question that you should be asking uh, yourself about your clients. I don't know if you want to share that, Joe. Um, yeah, I was just talking about what are your customers trying to get out of this transaction? So what is their situation? What problems do they have? And what solution do they need for that problem? Um, if you can put yourself in their shoes and try and find out what they're getting out of the, um, the transaction and what they need to get, 
and aim to provide that and to oversupply it to give them more than they than they were expecting. So we do that with our customers by looking at they, they're hiring a coffee service um, on an exhibition trade stand. You could easily confuse that for being a catering situation. It's not a catering situation. The solution is not for us to put out as many coffees as possible. The solution for us is to engage their customers and to get their customers to talk to them over a cup of coffee. They've just spent a quarter of a million dollars on an exhibition stand. They didn't do that to give away 5,000 cups of coffee. They gave that to talk to their customers. And that's their situation and their problem is how do I get customers to come and talk to me? Mm. And if you're providing a, a, a different experience for them, they're going to come over, aren't they? Yes, yes. And you've got this opportunity. They're waiting in the, um, the queue to get a cup of coffee. That's a great opportunity to talk to them, find out what they're doing there today, why are they at that trade show. And at the end of it, there's no obligation. You can take a cup of coffee and you can walk on or you can stay and chat. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's next for your business then, Joe? How do you plan to grow it further? Uh, the next plans for our business, um, we are looking at opening, obviously, our next cafe within Facebook's headquarters. I'm currently looking at locations to open a third coffee shop. And that third coffee shop, we're going to try and move the roastery into as well so that we can engage people when they come to the coffee shop and they're sitting and having a coffee. They can see the roasting process going on, that they can see where their uh, their coffee came from and they can have a, a big sort of experiential activity. You can, you can either come and just have a coffee or you can have a coffee and talk to the guy who's roasted it for you. Yeah. That's different. I've seen a few examples of this over the last few months of uh, uh, kind of units with uh, with people providing a service with glass screens behind, um, so you can actually see the product being made. As uh, it's very nice to be able to do that. It just uh, feels it. Uh, well, I guess because it opens the whole experience up to the customer. Yes, yes, it does, and it it brings them in to see something that they've. They've never seen before. Um, I see quite a few adverts on TV, and I see um, a jute bag out in the forest somewhere in some mythical uh, growing region. It's got roasted coffee inside the jute bag. That's not how your coffee was made. Your coffee came over as a raw ingredient, and it took a skilled person to turn it from a raw ingredient into a roasted coffee bean and nice for people to, to sort of see that and smell that and hear that. Um, it's quite a nice process. Mm, de- de- definitely. If you could go back and set up your business all over again, what would you do differently? I would probably start roasting for ourselves earlier because it gave us a more consistent, high-quality ingredient. So it took us the first five years where we bought coffee from other people and we just used it on the events. Um, and I would probably take myself a little a little step further back earlier than I did. I was a little bit too involved probably in the day-to-day nitty-gritty where I actually have some very good, very capable staff and I'm much better taking a step back guiding them but let them do 
what they do very well. Yeah, yeah, quite easy to get very, get hands on, isn't it? When you're passionate about something, it is. Really, <laughs> <laughs> so, be guilty of that. <laughs> and do, do you have any any final messages that you'd like to leave us with? Any final thoughts about customer experience? I think it. It's really that one of thinking about who your customer is, thinking about what your customer is trying to get out of the transaction, and then over-providing that. Give them a little bit more than they expected, whether it's in terms of quality, whether it's in terms of uh, the actual interaction itself, or whether it's just thinking the process through. You, know, you can sit on your own one day with a piece of paper and just think the process through and go, how do I improve this for the customer, not just for my bottom line or not just for my own logistics, but how do I improve it for them? And the bottom line will come. Mm. And it's just a really important point. I think it's very easy. I remember once I was in, I was in sales for a few years and then I went into, into purchasing and just that I was on the other side of the fence and just that mental shift from being in the sales mode to being in the purchasing mode was quite you know, quite different to to um, really embed in your brain the connections <laughs> to do this. And I think sometimes we can spend a lot of time selling and just really forgetting what it's like to be in the customer's shoes and how you'd like to experience that experience. And I think what you've done there is highlighted the, the importance of doing that. I hope so. So, um, Joe, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, very, very welcome, and uh, I wish you continued success with what you're doing. I think um, uh, you know it's very clear, and it's very clear with, with what you're doing with your business that uh, you know you are really you know utilising the art of, of customer experience to uh, to help your customers. And if you want to um, find out more information about Ristretto, uh, and uh, do go to uh, www.ristretto.com. And you can also go to um, ristrettocoffee.com. I should just spell that. Ristretto is R-I-S-T-R-E-T-T-O. Um, if you've got any questions on feedback, you can send them to me at chris at bemoreachievemore.com. Love to hear from you. Uh, on next week's show, um, next week I'm going to repeat a show that I recorded with Simon Hartley and double Commonwealth um, swimmer, gold uh, medalling breaststroke swimmer Chris Cook. I love that show. I think it builds on uh, my interview very well uh, last week with Simon. So if you heard that one uh, around being world class, I think this will be you know take that subject even further. And the following week will be Peter Roper. Peter is the family businessman. He's one of the UK's leading speakers, and he gives a really different perspective, um, I think, to the interview I did recently with Stephen Gould of Everard's around family business. So uh, do check those shows out. And in the meantime, I hope you have a tremendous week. Thanks again, Joe. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com.
The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.